Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Eric Anderson, head coach of the Indiana Cutters semi-pro football team. Friend of the show, Jeremy Gray, is the new voice of Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Indiana football lands a transfer while two former players sign NFL undrafted free agent deals. We will have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU Athletics, so let's talk sports. We will start with friend of the show from IU Athletics, Jeremy Gray, named full-time public address announcer for Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Gray filled in last season after friend of the show, Chuck Crabb, retired in February after 45 years as the voice of Assembly Hall. Gray has been the play-by-play voice for IU women's basketball and baseball on the radio, along with broadcasting duties for the Big Ten Network, ESPN Radio, and play-by-play broadcaster for various sports at Notre Dame. He will continue his role as Senior Associate Athletic Director for Strategic Communications and the Cuban Center. Congratulations to Jeremy Gray on being the full-time public address announcer for Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Indiana football adds wide receiver transfer Anderson Kobe from Tennessee. He originally planned to transfer to Western Michigan but chose the Hoosiers and will have three years remaining. He appeared in five games for the Volunteers in the 2021 season, had one catch for five yards. He played the 2020 season at Northwest Mississippi Community College, had 24 catches for 442 yards and seven touchdowns, and played his high school ball in South Florida. Two more Indiana football players have signed undrafted free agent deals. Ryder Anderson signs with the Green Bay Packers. The linebacker had 48 tackles, 28 solo tackles, 3.5 sacks, and 8.5 tackles for loss. In his one season at IU, he was a transfer from Old Miss, and he was an honorable All-Big Ten selection this season. Marcelino McCrary Ball signs with the San Francisco 49ers. A two-time team captain, 52 career games at IU, collected 242 tackles, 16.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks, 4 interceptions, and 17 pass deflections. They become the 5th and 6th players that have signed undrafted free agent deals, joining tight end Peyton Hendershot, wide receiver Ty Freifogel, safety Raheem Lane, and offensive tackle Caleb Jones. Former Indiana University women's basketball player Alexa Goulbay was waived by the WNBA's Connecticut Sun. Goulbay was invited to training camp after she went undrafted. She played seven minutes in a 94-78 preseason win over the Atlanta Dream. She missed her only shot from the field, pulled down two rebounds, and dished out two assists. Goulbay scored 1,071 points and pulled down 681 rebounds in her four-year career here at IU. IU men's basketball player Trace Jackson Davis has been invited to the NBA Draft Combine to be held May 16th through 22nd in Chicago. He has until June 1st to withdraw his name from the NBA Draft and return to school because he has not signed with an agent. He is one of 60 players who have been invited to perform in front of all 30 NBA teams. Most projections have Jackson Davis being selected in the mid to late second round and possibly undrafted 
should he choose to stay in? High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. In softball, Bloomington South beat Linton 6-1. Edgewood beat Greencastle 8-7. Edgewood beat Northview 13-2 in six innings. Center Grove beat Bloomington North 6-0. Bedford North Lawrence beat Bloomington North 15-6. Edgewood won the Edgewood Invitational, beating Crystal House 17-1 in five innings beating Shackamack 18-1 in five innings, and Monrovia 10-0. Bloomington South took a doubleheader from Hobart, 9-0 and 6-0. In baseball, Mooresville beat Bloomington South 6-2. Edgewood beat Greencastle 9-6. Bedford North Lawrence beat Bloomington North 4-2. Edgewood beat Northview 5-3. Bloomington South beat Southport 9-1. Bloomington North beat Owen Valley 9-0. Jasper beat Edgewood 10-1. Franklin beat Bloomington South 2-1 in 10 innings. Edgewood beat Northview 4-0. Edgewood beat Carmel 6-5. And Evansville Modern Day beat Bloomington North 9-3 in girls tennis. Indian Creek beat Edgewood 4-1. Paoli beat Edgewood 5-0. Edgewood beat New Washington 3-2. Edgewood beat White River Valley 4-0. Bloomington South beat Floyd Central 4-1. 4-1. Bloomington North beat Southport 4-1. In boys golf, Bloomington South was 5th at the Hall of Fame Tournament. Edgewood beat South Putnam 181-233. Bedford North Lawrence beat Brownstown and Edgewood in a three-way meet. The Stars scored 155 points. Brownstown Central 177 and Edgewood 183. Bloomington North was 5th and Edgewood 12th at the Bloomington North Invite. Bloomington South was fourth at the state preview meet at Prairie View Golf Club. In girls track and field, Bloomington North beat Bloomington South 92-40. And in boys track and field, Bloomington North beat Bloomington South 98-34. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we'll talk with Eric Anderson, head coach of the Indiana Cutter Semi-Pro Football Team. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Did you know that 1 in 59 people are diagnosed with autism and 78% of them also have a co-occurring mental health condition? This is why the world should pay more attention to autism if you know nothing about autism and it's time to be educated about this extremely significant topic. Everyone should have at least a tiny bit of knowledge about this topic so people like me can be in society just like you. Be part of the solution by visiting AutismRocksAndRolls.com. There you will find important information as well as a link to my podcast. Check out AutismRocksAndRolls.com. This is Indiana University Senior Associate Athletic Director Jeremy Gray, and I listen to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome 
Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkins on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome my guest. He is the head coach of the Indiana Cutters semi-pro football team. Back for his second appearance, Eric Anderson is my guest coach. Welcome back to the program. It is always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Absolutely. My pleasure. So the Cutters season is at least the preseason is underway you had an inner squad scrimmage up at the central green turf field a couple weeks ago beautiful day with temperatures near 80 degrees how did all that go well the guys just wanted to get out and hit a little bit so we got out there put in the work it was nice we had it scheduled for about three and a half four hours we ended up cutting it a little bit short because we felt like we got great work in. So I thought overall it was a great success. Practices have been underway since mid-March. Of course, they practice once a week. How hard is it in the semi-pro game to just only meet once a week with a game a couple days later? Well, we've been doing it for a while now, so I'm kind of used to it. But it can be tough. It can be tough. The toughest part is probably logistically. You get hit with a bad weather day on your practice day, and you're scrambling a little bit or conflicts come up from time to time. But the guys know, hey, we meet one day a week. You really need to get there. We work a full two hours, sometimes a little bit more. Not a lot of sitting around. and We get a lot done. And we feel like having one day gets the most people there. And that's what we need. The most people are getting better. You've been around the semi-pro football game for a long time. Let's just talk about kind of your journey to how you got to this point in terms of your football career and your coaching career. How far back you want to go? Well, let's just go back to, I know you're from Greencastle and went to uh, South Putnam High School. So let's go back to your high school days and then just kind of your journey into, I know you've been a high school coach as a coordinator, and then you've obviously been in the semi-pro game. So let's just kind of talk from your journey from high school to semi-pro. So I guess my coaching career started really when I was still in high school. I was able to be exposed to younger players and basketball and football, and I, I was learned a lot just from kids my little brother's age or younger even. So uh, that's where it started. And that's kind of where I just developed a love for it, that. And I've, I always loved sports through high school. So I started out coaching basketball. I actually coached basketball for a good amount of time while I was in college. And the last year I coached basketball, they needed a football coach. I played football in high school, but I had never really coached football other than those youth leagues back in the day. So yeah, I took it and just kind of fell in love. So fast forward, I went back, finished my degree, I came out and went searching for a teaching job and really didn't find one. But the cool thing was I did find a coaching job. After a quick JV baseball coaching stop at Ben Davis, I was able to land at Monrovia High School. Mark James was the head coach. It was right after Kevin Hutchins had had great success there. He went on to coach, I believe, at Mooresville at the time. And Mark James found my resume. He called me up, came in for an interview, and it was awesome. I spent two years, I believe it was two years there. And at the end of that second year, Coach James stepped away. You know, stepped away from coaching. He does a lot of with the IMS, obviously, you know, very busy guy. So he decided he was done coaching. And all of us that were on staff, at least a good handful of us, got a chance to interview. And I made it a step or two towards the end, and I just, I didn't get it. Ironically, Kevin Hutchins, the guy who our staff replaced, actually came back to Monrovia, ended up delivering them some hardware. At that time, I was going to be on Kevin's staff as an assistant. I wanted to stay with Monrovia because I love the school there, right? And a buddy of mine from college called me just randomly one day and said, hey, we just had our coach step away. He had something come up and kind of left us hanging last second. You want to coach? And I definitely had been working towards being a head coach, so I decided to take it. 
So that was my first semi-pro head coaching job. That was the Indiana Generals based out of Indianapolis. We had a fun year. We made it to the playoffs. We got knocked out in the second round. We had a good squad and fought through injuries and adversity. And I made a ton of good connections there and loved it there at that time. So at the end of that season, the coach that originally left wanted to come back. And he's a really good coach and he had great success there. So the players wanted him back too. And I never faulted them for that. But they asked me to come on as an assistant. And at that point, I wasn't really feeling the assistant role. So I just decided, hey, I'm going to take time off. I'll, I'll find something. About probably two, three months later, I was on vacation. Me and my wife were at the airport and someone rang my phone from Bloomington, Indiana. And it was John Sheen. Obviously, I had no clue who John Sheen was at that time, but would go on to be a great friend of mine. But John Sheen at that time told me that the guys from the generals recommended me because the cutters were also looking for a coach. So that's kind of, that would have been 2013, you know, 2012, I was with the Generals, went into 2013 with the Cutters, drove down to Bloomington, met with Sheen and Land, John Sandlin was there, I'm pretty sure, Paul Spreen, Justin Ferguson was there, I remember Steph was there, I'm pretty sure, Cheryl Sheen, of course, the whole board, and that's kind of where it started right there, 2013. It now leads me into the fact that when you came to the Cutters, you won a championship, and then you stepped away. And now you've come back and that goal is still there to win a championship. We've been in the Battleground Football League for a couple of years, now going to the Blue Collar Football League. How excited are you to see the Cutters changing leagues and go to some new competition? It was time. We loved our time in the BGFL, a lot of great competition, played a ton of great games in that league, but it was just time for a change. And the BCFL had been recruiting us for a couple of years. The number one thing that kind of appealed to us with that league was the amount of multi-year teams. There's no first year teams in the league. And that was huge for us because we wanted to make sure we played us a full schedule every week. So we currently have 11 teams in the BCFL and they're all competitive. So we're just, we're looking forward to getting started, seeing how we stack up against a very competitive field for sure. There are two teams, of course, that jumped over with the Cutters, the Kentucky Cardinals, who the Cutters faced to open the season here May 14th in Bardstown, Kentucky. And then the Tornadoes out of Indianapolis. There has been a longstanding rivalry between the Tornadoes and the cutters what is the best thing about that rivalry because i mean i've never seen a rivalry quite like tornadoes cutters especially in semi-pro i think the best thing just like any rivalry is that you know each other play them enough we have guys that went to high school with guys on their team run around buddies with guys on their team on top of that when you play a team multiple times for the last three four years we pretty much know all their veteran players we might not know some of the new recruits but everybody pretty much knows everybody and it's very good competition so anytime you can kind of deliver some good games to go along with that kind of familiarity it, it creates that interesting rivalry that's definitely cutters tornadoes I to mention the last three to four years we've had playoff battles with them they've had they basically ended the season for us the last couple years so it's always exciting that's always a circle your calendar time and the one thing that this year coach about this league is we play five teams twice so we play them home and away it's tornadoes the cardinals the Southern Ohio Blaze, Sin City Buccaneers, and the Columbus Gladiators. When you prepare as a coach, when you see a team one time and then you're getting ready for a second meeting, do you change things up? Do you look at how you can fix things from the first meeting to the second? Absolutely. You got to, I think. I mean, that's what coaching is. You try to prepare a little bit of that before you even face them the first time. What tricks in our bag of tricks are we going to pull out this week, next week? Where are we at as a team? With the Cardinals, I would have to look at it, but 
we play them week one, but we don't play them for a couple more weeks. We're going to be a different team the next time we play them. You know, we're going to have time off. We may have different players stepping up and or stepping in. So yeah, you've got to make tweaks. I mean, that's what I love about coaching is that kind of chess match, that adjustment back and forth and uh, getting your team ready. And I'll say this, there's in this league, I don't know all the teams, but I do know the head coach slash kind of owner of the Cardinals is very sharp. They're very good and they're very well coached and it's, it shows all over film. So that's a huge challenge for our coaching staff is to go on the road week one and try to figure out you know what they've got going on. Well, we're going to take a quick break when we come back more with head coach Eric Anderson after this quick timeout. This Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Hi, this is Keandra Brown with Indiana Women's Basketball, and you're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Eric Anderson, head coach of the Indiana Cutters semi-pro football team. Coach Anderson, we were talking about the upcoming season for the Cutters, getting ready to go face the Kentucky Cardinals May 14th in Bardstown, Kentucky. You have several guys on the staff this year with adding Bob Denton, Landon Martin, and Daniel Ponce. Not to mention myself as a media guy for the cutters and admin as well. So talk about just the staff and how it seems like practices have been running a lot smoother when more coaches are around. Absolutely. Well, we always talk about, all the coaches always talk about, hey, guys want to be coached. That is one cool thing about this level is if you can have a lot of coaches, a lot of players get personal attention. It makes them more fun. They get to develop. That's why we're out here. We want to be better. So Coach Denton has been awesome. We handed him the keys to the offense, and he took off with it. The guys are picking it up. The guys are loving it. And it's nice to see a little bit of fresh energy, new juice over there on the offensive side. Now, Coach Ponce, he's been helping with DBs and quarterbacks. Uh, he played DB in college. He played quarterback in high school. So he brings a kind of unique skill set that he can help both sides of the ball plus his energy comes into practice every day he's ready to rock and roll and that's what we always need and then coach martin i actually worked with coach martin back in the day he supervised me in one of my other jobs and kind of trained me molded me in to what i was at that particular time and just kind of helped me through my training so i've always respected him and we've always talked football and ironically we practice a couple miles from where he lives so i was able to bring him on board and 
I think the guys are really taken to him too. And he's helped out Bob a lot on that offensive line side and a little bit of us with the defensive line as well. There's always a mix of new players, old players, guys that were with the team for a while and then stepped away. So there is always, from year to year, it's always just a mixture of old, new, and guys that side out, played somewhere else and come back. So just kind of talk about how you just mold this whole group together. Well, that's easier said than done. I mean, we above the rest. That's what we try to preach. One of the things I've been saying this year, at the end of every practice is meet somebody new. That's cool because that means we've got new guys at practice each week. It means we're building our team, but we're still a young team. So you just got to talk about it. You just got to make a concerted effort to make these guys get to know each other. But that's the fun part about it too. If everything was the same every year, it might get boring, but we've got a new influx of uh, rookies and veterans that maybe were away, but are coming back on top of some rookies and it's exciting seeing them grow but we're going to be even more excited to see it on the field that's for sure the cutters have been around since 2007 the longest team running in semi-pro football you've had two guys that have played ever since day one in nick land and dre key of course the cornerstones of the cutters we've always made the joke that those two are going to play till they're about 100 years old so when do you actually think they're going to give it up? You'd have to ask them. I'm not sure on that one. I'm sure a ring, if for some reason we were able to stumble on some more hardware, they may be convinced to take it easy, but maybe not. The thing about it is when you start loving football, it's hard to step away. And they've both taken care of their bodies and they're able to do it. Nick's in the best shape on the team and Dre is in some of the best shape I've seen him in. So since we've been playing and that's actually over the last couple of years, his health has allowed him to continue to play at a high enough level. He's going to put in minutes this year that give us a chance to win as is Nick. So it's huge. And you know, that those guys are all coaching each other or, you know, coaching the younger guys up, coaching the new guys up. They coach me up sometimes. So having that IQ and that knowledge on the field, especially on the defensive side, that's invaluable. Yeah, invaluable, of course. The the defense has been the mantra of the cutters for a long time. You've basically not only taken the role of head coach, but you've taken the role of D coordinator. How much do you pride yourself on that defense? I love it. It's the mindset. First off, it's nice because we've got some of those veteran leaders, so I can just come in and move a few pieces around, and I'm going to hopefully come out looking decent. We'll see how we play, but defense sets the tone. Defense sets the tone, and as the head coach, I think that kind of fits that D side. You know, We're going to come in and set the tone. It's the plan, and I think the offense is going to feed off of that. So we're really excited to see how it all fits together, but it's been nice putting in my touch on the defense, and the guys have been coachable, and We've been getting better. We've got a long way to go, but it's going to be exciting to see what we can do. Cutters open the season May 14th in Kentucky. They then have another road game in May, and then it's home in June. How excited are you to have that? I know we're still working on home field and stuff, but how excited are you to get to play again in front of that Cutters faithful? You know I love that. We love to put on a show for the fans. That's part of it. Hopefully, once we get that home field announced to the public, we are working on that kind of on paperwork in the background. But once we can announce that to the public, we're going to market every single game so everybody knows where to be. We're not raising any prices. It's five bucks to get in. Your kids can come in free and we'll have several promos throughout the year. And hopefully we can pack the house. We play better with a bigger crowd. There's no doubt about it. Knock on wood, we went undefeated at home last year. We're looking to carry some of that momentum over to the, to the home field this year for sure. Where can people find the cutters on social media? Great question. So really a couple places. So at Cutters Football is our main handle. You can find us on Instagram there. I think you can search at Cutters Football and you'll find us on Facebook. 
but we also have a public Facebook page, which our media team currently runs. So um, you can find that just by searching Indiana Cutters Football Official. And uh, yeah, you'll get all kinds of updates there. You get updates on Instagram as well. Those are the two main places. We do have a website. It is in the bio link of our Instagram. It's currently a little bit under construction, but if you wanted to see some cutter content, you could go to our website as well. Semi-pro football is always unique because it goes year to year. Teams come in and out. Of course, you travel pretty far. Of course, this league is Kentucky and Ohio and West Virginia. So how excited are you to get to see some new teams and some old teams as well? Because last year it was basically Kentucky and Indiana teams. Yeah, that's part of the fun. The cool thing about having to go on the road that first week, their facilities are awesome down in Kentucky and Bardstown. The Tornadoes last year had awesome facilities. The Gladiators, the Blaze, the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers play in the Cincinnati field that we played the Dukes at last year. But either way, it's fun. It keeps it interesting. You know, it keeps it interesting. Plus, I don't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily in love with having to go and play in the afternoon in Fort Wayne again, you know. I want to go somewhere different. Let's go try our luck somewhere else. Yeah, summer is always weather. If you play in the afternoon, it's hotter than than blazes. And, of course, teams like the Wolverines don't have lights. And, of course, a grass field in a park, it doesn't always work the way it should work. But, Coach Anderson, I thank you very much for the time. Best of luck to the Cutters this season. We will definitely be following and updating everyone. And, again, we'll do this again soon. I thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. We appreciate the uh, coverage you give to the Cutters for sure. And we're excited to see everybody out at the game. But yeah, anytime, Nick, I'm glad to come on. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. My thanks to Eric Anderson for being my guest this week. The Cutters open the 2022 season this Saturday at 6 p.m. against the Kentucky Cardinals at Nelson County High School in Bardstown, Kentucky. And IU Sports... IU women's golfer Ain Donegan started play at the NCAA Regional in Ann Arbor, Michigan today and will go through Wednesday. She needs to be one of the top two individuals to advance to the NCAA championship. Baseball is at Louisville tomorrow at 6 o'clock. They host Minnesota Friday through Sunday. Friday's game at 7, Saturday's game at 2, and Sunday's game at 1 o'clock. Softball is at the Big Ten Tournament Wednesday through Saturday in East Lansing, Michigan. The top 12 teams make the Big Ten Tournament. All 14 Big Ten teams compete through the regular season, but only the top 12 will make the Big Ten Tournament, which is a one-and-done format. Track and field is at the Big Ten Outdoor Championships in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Friday through Sunday. Rowing at the Big Ten Championships in Indianapolis Sunday. The IU men's golf team has earned a NCAA regional bid. They will compete in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida next week. So congratulations to the IU men's golf team. And also the NFL schedule for 2022 will be released this Thursday night at 8 o'clock on ESPN2 and the NFL Network, so we will find out the schedule for the Indianapolis Colts and all the NFL teams for the 2022 season. Thank you for joining us this evening, and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media, and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports.
This was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.